Okay, so I'm, I'm incredibly happy, so happy to welcome onto the show the star of one of the biggest movies of all time. Certainly the biggest movie of the 80s. Robert McNaughton, thank you so Hi. much for joining me. How are you? Good, how are you? Th- thanks for having me on. I, uh, I know Dee was on there not too long ago. Yeah, so. I spoke to Dee a couple of weeks ago, and I know you've recently spent some time with Dee in Calgary. Yeah, we had a nice time. We we took her, my wife and I took her for fondue. Did you? Uh, Some place <laughs> called the Grizzly House in Banff, and she loved it. Sounds um, good. So yeah, she yeah, we we spent some time. Uh, I hardly ever you know get to spend time with just D alone. It's usually all of us together. So right. it was nice. And, and how was Calgary? Because you were at a comic con, weren't you? It was yeah, I loved it. We we spent. A few days, my wife and I went up early and spent a few days in Lake Louise, which I had I'd never been in that part of the world before. And I loved right. that. That was just beautiful. But the fans were the fans that were there at Calgary were great. Um, and we went. It was unfortunately it was Thanksgiving weekend for for Canada. So it ah, wasn't right. quite as crowded as they I think they expected. But that uh, was nice because then we got to spend more time with uh, with Henry and with the and um meatloaf was there i, I met, meatloaf. Um, meatloaf was there and he came like just out of the blue just the guy's leaning over my table and he says hi i'm meat <laughs> I'm like, yeah you are I'm like sure you are i'm like wow it must uh, be surreal having uh, meatloaf <laughs> yeah because I, I i mean when I've been to the UK, I, I don't think I've ever been in a pub where I didn't walk in and and his song was playing on the jukebox. <laughs> um, it's just it's just crazy that. And then he suddenly and uh, he was he was good friends with C. Thomas Howell, who was sitting next to me, who um, I right. was friends with. You know, I've been friends with forever, but yeah. but he for some reason they they knew each other, and so they spent quite a, t- a long time chatting. And you're a fan of his music, are you, Robert? Because oh, yeah. um, we're friends on Facebook, aren't we? And, and I can say that you're a fan of music. Yeah, I love, I lo- well, I love um, Bad Out of Hell. Everybody loves Bad Out of Hell. I, I also like the, the, the thing he did in the 80s with uh, I Would Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. He always yeah. had these great titles. <laughs> um, yeah, huge, and, huge music star, Meatloaf, in every sense of the word. Right now they're doing a musical off-Broadway of of bad out of hell but ah. I, I don't think i want to see it because it's like how can they do it without him you know it's, it's so, he, so he's got nothing to do with it or has, has, has i, he got I think it? it's his it's his music his and jim Sher, uh, sherman uh, yeah i think it's their music jim sherman right. but not but not um you know not him singing it's, so it's i can't imagine it. seeing it without him no, and and you you regularly do comic cons, don't you? Because uh, you were here last year. I'm I'm in Scotland. I'm in Falkirk, yeah. just outside was, Edinburgh. You were here well, last year. That was fantastic. I love doing uh, that because I have family there. Um, my cousin Tom Kelman lives in Scotland, in Edinburgh. All right. Um, he's a doctor in Edinburgh, and um, cool. And and so and then we also I uh, hired a car, and then we went up to um, Pit Lockery where my family is from oh nice so and they still have a shop up there but that my family doesn't own the shop anymore but it's like a uh wool shop you know with woolen items yeah they they had a they had a mill at one point but i don't think it's it's going way back (laughs) so you've got scottish roots robert oh yeah 
I that didn't my know that. My grandfather was Scottish, so I'm, I guess, second, third generation. Wow. So I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. Know that. Every day is and, a school yeah, day. McNaughton is, uh, is the small end. We use the small end. So that, yeah. I guess there was some kind of a blood feud back there with the big ends. So um, it's, AC, not- it's AC, also not MC. Yeah. But that's the case for most Scots is MFC. Yeah. yeah. MFC. Um, so, so, yeah, you were here last year and you, it, it was just you by yourself, unfortunately, because Dee and um, Henry were meant to be here as well, weren't they? But they, they, they couldn't come. They both had work. Uh, yeah. Which, which the, I'm, I'm no longer working in the end in the film industry or, you know, but they both had oh. things which were like unbelievably exciting. Um, the, um, Henry had something which i can't really discuss but it's upcoming project which is it's very exciting but he that's what he was filming and it's it came up very suddenly and very you know there was no notice so that's why he unfortunately you know he announced it and then he had to cancel Mm -hmm. but i think once people see what it is they're they'll be they'll they'll uh be he'll be forgiven that that they'll see because it's it's pretty it's pretty good but he it, it is sort of uh, can't be discussed. It, you know, he had he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and I didn't, even, ah. didn't discuss it with me, but I just sort of guessed what it was, and he, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't deny it. Yeah, yeah, he kept badgering him. Yeah, until you could guess. Yeah, I just sort of figured it out. Um, and I suppose but, D D could have been filming anything because she's been in that many things. D, D was filming, I think she, she had an ongoing part on the, the series, a, a soap opera series here called General Hospital. And so she had a pretty big ongoing part in that. And right. that's like sort of like, you know, you get the script no, she the day before. Doing, she, she was doing Rob Zombie. No, this was in, when we were in Edinburgh. Yeah. Oh, she was, I guess she was doing a movie for Rob Zombie. Three from Hell. Uh, three from Hell. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So 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 they could be forgiven. And and I actually briefly met you when you were here. I, w- I was there. I was at that event. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd only just started the podcast then. Um literally just within a few weeks. Oh I was still, okay. I was, I was still finding my feet uh, with regards to the podcast. Uh, but it was great to meet. It was, uh, you know, uh, great to talk to you. And that was a fantastic event, actually. That, I had uh, I a great was... time at that. And, and also um, the, the other event that, that this uh, Andy Cleek put on, which was uh, yeah. in Manchester. I, yeah. we, uh, and Henry was able to make it to that. In, yes. in D, and um, that was a lot of fun. Also, we rode around in the land speeder around <laughs> me and Henry, like <laughs> a couple of dorks. We rode around. Uh, and then we went to, uh, well, in Edinburgh, I, I think I went, you know, I, I spent a, uh, uh, almost a week there. So my wife and my son and I came and my brother. <laughs> so we, we really spent a lot of time in Edinburgh. But then when we were in Manchester, Henry and I got to spend some time, you know, around Manchester together. Cool. Did um, you like Manchester? Yeah, I did. I, I'm a big music fan. Like you said, I, I so there's a lot of great music, yeah. you know. I got to see a couple good bands there, um, and you know, it. We I didn't spend as much time there as I did in Edinburgh, right? Because we didn't we didn't come as quite as early. I, I came up a few days before the event started in Edinburgh, and you know, just 
went all around. <laughs> so yeah. unfortunately, the Falkirk wheel was closed, so we wanted to check that out. But that, well, that you know, that's where I live. Oh, really? Yeah. That's... Well, not not in the wheel, but <laughs> it's, I, it was, it's it was literally shut down two for minutes. Repair or something when we were there. Oh, you're kidding. And so I was really looking forward to it. I'd never seen it. It's it's the only one in the world, I believe. It's amazing. It's like it, it was incredible. Like I, I was I was so excited to come there and and because we were we did the whole um the Perthshire tourist route. Yeah. Up up all the way up to Pitlochry. Yeah. And I would have kept going if we if we didn't have to be in the at the convention. I would have just <laughs> kept going all the way up to the Highlands and Sky and everything, but. Um, we, we ended up having to do the, the festival that weekend, but that was great. Uh, the, the, that convention was fantastic. Sam Jones was so nice. He came around and got everybody to sign his poster and he was just so, he was so enthusiastic. What a guy he is. Um, also the guy that was Buck Rogers was there. Yeah. Uh, Gil Gerard. Yeah. And Sam Jones came around. They seemed like they got along, which was unfortunate because I wanted to see, I always wanted to see who would win in a fight, Flash Gordon <laughs> versus Buck Rogers. But they, they seemed to be getting along too well. So, And Lou Ferrigno they, was there as well, wasn't he? And Sam yeah. and Lou, big pals. Yeah, my wife is very friend, uh, friendly with Lou Ferrigno. Um, wow. he's, he's a great guy. He's, uh, I've done several conventions with him. I've probably done more conventions with him than just about anybody else except for D. Right. Um, and he's always just so wonderful to, you know, my wife and um, my oldest stepson is deaf. So my wife speaks sign language, you know, right. so, but she doesn't have to with Lou, but you know, she, she has an understanding of that. And yeah, my wife, Bianca um, B uh, she's also an actress. I was going to say she's an actress as well, isn't she? Yeah, she's she's been in a lot more movies than me. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> but that, but I was reading before your wife your your wife's godmother is Carol Kane. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, she um she's the kids call her grandma. That's, right. Yeah, that's her godmother. And I love I love Scrooged. I love Scrooge oh, yeah. with Carol Kane. <laughs> Fantastic movie. She, um, I, she's had the kind of career that everybody's jealous of because she's done everything from dramatic she's done stage broadway stage plays to you know she's an icon and and, but she's always constantly still working she's like you know doesn't slow down (laughs) yeah and and i read as well we'll talk about you in a minute i promise (laughs) okay while you while you mention your wife i I read that she, she was cut out of a scene in goodfellas Yes, she was in the she was in the movie Goodfellas. She was cut out of the wedding scene. She was oh, no. playing uh, Karen, the, the 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 Lorraine Bracco Bracco part. She was playing one of her friends at the wedding at the um, you know one of her sort of friends that are at the you know table and yeah. she, she had lines and everything. She just got cut out. Oh, that but that happened to um, Vin- Vincent. Um, what's his name? Vincent Gallo. Had a huge part in Goodfellas. Well, he had a pretty big part. No, he oh, he didn't. <laughs> Never mind. He he just was one of Ray Liotta's girls. He played one of Ray Liotta's. But in the movie, they they sort of cut out all the stuff that happened with Henry Hill. Henry Hill had his own crew that were doing right. like 
crimes and they had a whole and Vincent Gallo was one of his goons right. that they and they just sort of just cut that whole part out. And so he, he his part got completely cut out as well. Uh, it must be devastating to so, get cut out of a movie. Oh, my God. Like Goodfellas. And yeah, she was in the wedding with uh, with Henry Hill and Lorraine Bracco. She, but she must have been. She must have been devastated to be cut out of that movie. Oh yeah. Um, but so been anyway, in a lot of others. So. Yeah, yeah, loads of stuff. But anyway, Robert, you. <laughs> I right. spoke about is Scotland and um, your wife so far. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Robert, you you are this one of the stars of one of my favorite movies, and you know it was. Certainly the biggest grossing movie of the 80s, one of the biggest movies of all time. But I believe that your casting was by a, a quirk of fate. It was nearly an accident, was it, that, yeah. that you were in the movie? I was really lucky to even get into audition for it because I had missed. I was doing a play in New York, so I missed all the auditions for for E.T. Um, and. Because I, I lived in California, so normally I think I would have been sent up for it. But I, I was in, I was doing a play off Broadway in New York, and somebody that was casting a different movie called The Entity, with Barbara yeah. Hershey, and yeah. they, they the, the casting director for that saw me, wanted, wanted me to read for that, which I wasn't quite old enough. I think I wasn't quite, I was just on the verge, because <laughs> right. it was kind of a, a very mature themed movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they th- they thought it might be just a little too it was a little too young kind of uh, that well that's what I was told anyway but but so I had gotten very close on that and the casting director was sort of in my corner and so she said I'm so sorry that you had to she they flew me out to L A to audition for it mm-hmm. and so they, she said I'm so sorry that it didn't work out and but I hear that my associate that Mike Fenton um, uh, casting director was doing was casting for parts for a new Spielberg movie, and she says, "I think you might be right for that, but I'll I'll give them a call." But I think they've already read all the other actors, so she got me in like, you know, by the skin of my teeth, like uh-huh. like literally after they'd already read, which I think helped me. I think it was because they they'd already seen a bunch of other people. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they just you know because it's kind of it's kind of helpful to come in fresh and like if you're a new new face i think yeah. I, it sometimes it couldn't hurt <laughs> like so i was able to get in and audition for steven and and it was it wasn't even an audition audition it was just meeting with him personally and he just sort of was like very informally asking me what i like to do and i said i like to ride bikes and i like to play dungeons and dragons and he said well that's <laughs> in the movie so Perfect. everything you're in it went right. Like everything went smoothly. Like it, uh, so then, then they had me read with the other actors that were playing, that were auditioning for Elliot. And, and none of, none of the other actors I read with were Henry. So he was also, I think a late, uh, call because, because none of the other kids that I read with were the, the, you know, was Henry. But I think from what I heard, Henry got cast because Steven had seen, him in a movie that uh, that was directed by Jack Fisk mm-hmm. um, called Raggedy Man. Yeah. And he was editing in the next room over from Stephen, I think when Stephen was doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and he said, you got to see this kid. And 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 Stephen 
you know, that, that audition tape is very famous when he says, kid, you got the job. But yeah. I think, I think Henry had the job before that audition to tell you the truth. I think right. Steven just, cause, cause if you see his performance in Raggedy Man, it's just so natural. And so, you know, sort of what you get in ET also, it's just so pure and honest and like not, you know, there's no acting artifice or yeah. anything. And so I think Steven just said, okay, that's Elliot. And, and, and so, and so that audition, every time I watch that, I'm like, wow, yeah, he's crying and he's, it's, it's, he didn't do anything to lose the part, but I think he had the part before Steven says, okay, kid, you got the part. I think he had it before they started. And, and this is, this is 1981. Yeah. 81 is you're 14, 14 years old. Yeah. 81, early 81. I got is uh, well, well i met with steven on the i know i always know it because it was the day that president reagan was shot so oh, that was nice. the, my first interview with steven with steven so that was like early 81 and then and then um you know we waited and then they i got the call sometime in the summer or right before the summer because i was then at the same time they contacted me about doing a uh, they wanted to take, I was doing the play off Broadway and they wanted to do the play overseas for the state department for, um, they wanted to go to Malaysia and the Philippines and Singapore. And, and I was the lead role in the play. And so they wanted me to do the play. And it was this theater company that I w- was like very loyal with, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I, uh, this theater company, the circle repertory company in New York. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, felt like I'd be letting them down if I didn't go and do the play. Yeah. But my mom was like, no, you're doing yeah. the Spielberg movie. Yeah. So I had to thank her for that because I, I you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like I was, you know, obligated or that, I, you know, you know, I was the lead role. And I but they, they were fine. Yeah. They did. They cast another guy. And but you, you, know, were, you were trying to do the right thing. Yeah, but, but but ultimately, I think your mom was right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's not a that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and what I was going to ask you was, you know, yeah, you're 14 years old, and you're sitting with Steven Spielberg, uh, chatting about being in one of his movies. What what was that like? Can you remember what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> yeah, I remember specifically that I I was just so nervous and he is very good at pe- putting people at ease. If you're like, I've no, I've seen this a lot with a lot of people, people get so, you know, tongue tied, whatever, then they, yeah. nervous about meeting him. And then within five minutes, it's all, it's all forgotten because he's like, he's, he's very enthusiastic and he's very like, uh, you know, he gets, <laughs> he's almost like a, like a teenager or at least it w- was then. I don't, I haven't had that much contact with them since, but I've seen it with a lot of other people. He's very, he, he's full of enthusiasm. So whatever it is he's talking about, he's like, he makes you forget your nervousness because he's like, you know, just, he's so interesting. And sometimes it's, you know, he gets like, uh, enthusiastic. He's especially about movies. He's such a movie nut. Like he, he, but, but he'll start talking about old movies that you've never seen. And, you know, be, yeah. be like, and, and he just gets so excited um, that, you know, he sort of draws you in with the enthusiasm. So, you know, it's it, your nervousness. You forget all about it. Yeah. Fairly quickly. 
Yeah, what a what a great quality to have. And yeah, and I read I read as well, Robert, that uh, part of the auditioning process, um, you went to Harrison Ford's house or Melissa Matheson's house. Yeah, at the time it was <laughs> they were they were living together. They later got married, but it was uh, it was uh, Harrison Ford's house, and it was interesting because he was a carpenter when he quit, he quit acting for a while, I think. And he yeah. became a carpenter, yeah. Um, and and he was a good carpenter. Uh, and all like half the furniture in his house was stuff he had made. So I remember we were playing Dungeons and Dragons at this beautiful like oak table in in his dining room, I think. <laughs> but right. it was like something he had made. Wow. And, and uh, it was funny because I I I I showed up. I was the first one to show up. I guess I'm always I'm always a little bit. Um, guilty of, of showing up for you know too early <laughs> so yeah, i'm always like, the first one to arrive yeah. and 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 so i got there early and they were it was steven and kathy kennedy and and melissa and a couple other people were hanging out and listening to the they were listening to elvis costello's album trust which wow. had just come out so yeah. that sort of puts the date at around 1981 and uh and you know so then I ended up singing one of Elvis Costello's songs in the movie. So I think it was Melissa That's that right. was a big fan. She was a big fan of Elvis and, um, and made me a fan. I had not, I wasn't, I was kind of a dork. I was kind of into like show tunes and stuff back then <laughs> when I was 13, 14. Cause I was just in the stage. I was just, that was where I was coming from. Yeah. But it was funny because my wife arranged Elvis Costello had a book signing here in New York a couple years ago. And my wife arranged for, for me to meet with him she i don't know how she did it she she called his people or something and then arranged for me to meet with him which i had never met him i'd seen him live in concert you know dozens of times yeah over the years but i always wanted to meet him so i could tell you know so i could apologize because i butchered the song in in the movie <laughs> he had a song called accidents will happen and i literally got the tape the night before and I wasn't familiar with the song and I feel like, and I can't sing anyway, but so I, I always wanted to, and he was really lovely. He was really great. Uh, he, he, he had no problem with the way I sang it. And he, <laughs> he, um, but I told him that I thought, you know, Steven was a fan, which wasn't quite the truth because he kind of like right away, he said, Oh, I, I thought he wasn't like, he knew that St Steven was kind of like, he's kind of not, not a music, not, you know, yeah. Not so much kind of kind of more enthusiastic about movies than than he is about rock and roll. Yeah. And Melissa was the real fan, but he was listening. He was enjoying listening to trust. He was listening to trust, but he was, you know, Elvis wasn't having it like Elvis. Elvis <laughs> knew that uh, he's like Stephen, you know, he's because he'd met him a few times and he was like, yeah, but Melissa <laughs> was the real fan. Melissa was a really cool lady. She was really a lot of a lot of the kids working on et was like we were able to bounce ideas off of melissa steven was very busy because he had the cameras he had everything going on but melissa was always like there for us as far as like we could we could run stuff by her and she'd say i talked to she, you know she would say i'll talk to steven and you know we'll run it by you know and like we it was very you know much a uh we we could all bounce ideas off of them yeah. anytime and it was so, it, and it was Melissa was the cool script writer, wasn't she? Yeah, but she was on the set every day, which is yeah. very rare for the. Yeah. They usually keep the screenwriter at, 
at arm's length <laughs> away from the set. And she was there every day making revisions, kind of working with us on ideas. Like we could, you know, we could run stuff by her, you know. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, we stuck to the script, but if we had an idea on how to say something or, you know, or like a bit, she we could always run it by her. And she would say, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Stephen. Well, let's let's do it. You know, and she was very enthusiastic and cool. it was very much a collaborative thing. E.T. Like even with with Peter Coyote and and D as well. I know Peter had a, a something. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but something that he contributed to E.T. that that Stephen <laughs> Stephen was very thankful and ended up you know, get, sending him a little extra. I know uh, uh, Peter Coyote had mentioned in his book that right. Stephen had, you know, thanked him and, you know, said, cause he, cause he had an idea for the movie that, that Stephen went with. I'm still not right. sure what it was cause I wasn't privy to it, but. Ah, uh, right. I see. I um, think it might've been the speech at the end where he says, I've, I've waited for him my whole life. Right. Um, part, something to do with that. Right, and and I'm dying to know. So so, you're at um, Harrison Ford's house with Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, listening to Elvis Costello. <laughs> was was Harrison Ford there? He he came in very briefly, uh, and I I seem to remember him being in like a towel. Like he was like he was <laughs> he was just there because he was busy filming uh, Blade Runner. So he was kind of like very oh. gruff and not not in a not a mean way or anything, but he was just very like, what are all these kids doing in my house? Like kind of way, because <laughs> like, it wasn't just us; it was his kids as well. It was, um, right. and I think that was the point because it was it was his son Ben, who was my age, and Willard, who was Henry's age, uh, right. approximately. But Henry wasn't there. Henry was it was the, another actor reading for Elliot. Um, but also it was his kids and their friends who right. um, who a lot of the I, I understand that my character wasn't so much based on Ben, but it was based on one of Ben's friends who was playing Dungeons and Dragons with us. Uh, right. Uh, so and then and then um, she passed away a few years ago. And I think we, we, we were invited to her memorial service. And I think it was because of her kids um, invited us, mm -hmm. the ones we knew. Not that she had kids later with Harrison, yeah. But but it was the uh, Ben and his friends that you know said, "Hey, the the you know the guys should be there, Henry and and Robert." So so and that was nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And and you know, you said he was filming. So Harrison Ford's filming Blade Runner at the time. He's already Han Solo and Indiana Jones. I oh, mean, yeah. what, what what were you thinking? Were you like, I would have been mega nervous. I, I, I yeah, he was a movie star. He was Indiana Jones <laughs> to to me. You know, he walked in and I was like, oh my god. Um, it's Harrison then, Ford in a towel. Yeah, <laughs> but then later he. Um, because he was always with Melissa at all these events. So we went to, uh, when we went to London, there was a, like a Royal premiere for, for ET. And I just, <laughs> I just remember, cause I was standing next to Steven. We were at the very end of the line for the receiving line for, uh, Prince Charles and princess Diana. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
And I was standing next to Stephen, and Drew was at the very end of the line. But I remember Stephen saying, stand up straight. <laughs> I was like, I was sweating and I was nervous. And, um, and then I, I said, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with my hands. And Stephen just said, just look at Harrison. Cause he was down a little bit with Melissa and he, he's, he goes, just look, look at Harrison. He's done this a few times before. So I was like, okay. Um, but he, so I got to, I got to sort of interact with him a little bit more. Um, he's all, he was always very nice with me. Very nice. Because he was almost yeah. in the movie, wasn't he? He was almost in A.T. He, he had a small part, and then it, it got cut out. Speaking yeah. of people getting cut out. Yeah. He had a part where it it wasn't, you know, through any fault of his own, but it just, it, the flow of the movie kind of, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't fit. There wasn't a place fit. where, like, if you, it was, it was sort of in the middle of the whole scene of E.T. getting drunk and the, the frogs getting loose in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then, so then there's a scene where Elliot gets taken to the principal's office and Her- Harrison Ford played the principal. And there was a little yeah. plaque on his desk that said, Principal Harold Solo. Um, <laughs> which was funny, but, uh, but the bad part of it about that was uh, there was a scene right outside the office where Melissa was in that scene. She played like a school nurse. She had the nurse's outfit and on and everything and she was right outside the principal's office and also my brother was an extra in that scene and he got cut out too so it was oh, like no, no. No. they both got cut out so you know steven was you know he he didn't you know in terms of like making the movie good he didn't have he didn't he wasn't going to leave anything in that that didn't belong there and so yeah, it was ruthless. just it was just the pace of the movie just like i think was better without that scene yeah. Like if you look at it now, you can't imagine it any other way. But yeah, it was it was just like a, a long scene right in the middle of this frenetic action. And and the movie was shot mostly in order, wasn't it? It mostly in order, but but this this the different. The only uh, difference was uh, the scenes that were shot on location, which were um, you know outside of the uh, house. Mm-hmm. were shot first so the scenes like that where we're getting away on the bikes and everything and then the scenes in the neighborhood everything where we're on the bikes yeah. around the neighborhood that where, was where you're shot. driving and you're driving yeah. the car backwards <laughs> when i'm driving the van and yeah backing out down the driveway all that was shot before we moved to the sound stage so once we got on the sound stage they went pretty much in order of the script yeah, which and, on purpose, I think, so that yeah, like ET dying was towards the end of filming. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I, I read that Steven Spielberg made that conscious decision, and it was to get the best reaction out of you guys. Um, yeah, as kids building that building that relationship with ET, uh, and that really uh, worked, uh, I think. Yeah, because because yeah, by that point, we, you know, when when ET was dying, poor Drew. <laughs> I mean, she. We, we were in the we in the hospital when they had it, the the whole house draped off as a hospital, and you know, and to come in and see him on the table, she already felt like she knew him, and you know, she would talk to him when we weren't filming. They would uh, sometimes have the 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 guys the I don't want to call them puppeteers because they weren't they were more technical than that, but yeah. there was a whole group of technicians that that operated ET, and so they would. Steven sort of told him to once in a while give him a nudge and then like 
have ET sort of reacting to what she was saying. And so she would have like these imaginary conversations with ET and they would move the ET and it was, it was so she really, you know, I, I often wonder how, how much of ET, you know, cause she was so, she was six years old. So, you know, yeah. it was so much of it was real to her. Yeah. And so then when he's dying, she just lost it. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I watch it now and I still lose it. You know, I show, I show, I show my kids this movie. Uh, my, my son, who's... T- I've got an older daughter. She's 16 now. But my son, who's two... Um, oh, wow. He, he, he watches E.T. Uh, loves E.T. Is that the boy in the picture? He looks like Henry. The, my the boy my that, son. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture online, and he looks like... He, he's got Henry's... Uh, the, the coloring, his hair and everything from when Henry was, you know, younger. Yeah. You know, Henry, Henry's boy... Before. Henry has a son, Henry, also that looks exactly like him. <laughs> when I first met him when he was about eight, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he looked like his dad. I met his dad when he was nine. And, you know, he looks exactly like exactly him. Exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, my, my son loves E.T. Um, I've got E.T. Oh. books. I've got, you know, I've got some uh, merchandise and what have you. And he, um, he just loves it. He's, oh, good. Some, some of his first words is phone home. <laughs> oh, wow. My, my wife's like, what, what are you doing to our son? He's into Ghostbusters at the minute. He nice. loves Ghostbusters. <laughs> I have a friend, that, uh, a guy, a friend of ours that, that he loves both of those, Ghostbusters and E.T. are his two favorite movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters is, is a great movie also for kids. It's like. Oh, he loves it, he loves Slimer. <laughs> absolutely loves Slimer. Um, but yeah, I forgot what we're talking about now. So, oh, <laughs> just about how how they filmed it in order and everything. Yeah, um, so, it, it what really was. was they, they made every effort to, to to not only did they film it in order, but they had like a week before the filming where they got us together with uh, D and Henry and Drew and I to sort of get like a family feel where we were doing, I don't know, we were doing like costume fittings and like yeah. taking the pictures, all the pictures you see around the house. Mm-hmm. Those were all, you know, done beforehand uh, yeah. before we actually started the filming itself. Yeah. And, and they, they always, well, not always, but quite a lot that plays a motherly role, doesn't she? And, and a lot of the things she does was, was she like a mother, a mother figure? She really was on set, especially with Drew. Like she really was very protective and very um, when when Drew was when E.T. was dying, she was like, you know, very comforting and very, you know, because she because she was she had a young uh, daughter at the time. Um, So she really she really was a mother. She had she had uh, her husband, unfortunately, died, died young, Chris Stone, but they had a young daughter together. Yeah, and she, you know, and and D was very motherly with us, and you know, I mean, she's played all kinds of roles. So it was it was funny because her two most famous were at the time were ET and Cujo, mm-hmm. both where she played this sort of mother with kids in peril. <laughs> <laughs> but she's amazing in both, I, and it took me a long time, I I think, to appreciate how good she is. You know, it took me becoming an adult actor myself that you know to appreciate how good her performance was in, in both of those 
Yeah, and when I spoke to her the other day, Robert, she, she told me she'd just finished on her 200th movie. Yeah. And I was like, how, how, how is it possible to have the time to do that? <laughs> oh, she's just, she's just always working constantly. You know, she, she's, I guess I, I, she's like a go-getter. I would, if, if there's one person who epitomizes a go-getter to me, it's, it's D like, yeah, she doesn't mess around. She just go, she's like a sensible, like kind of no nonsense, like, okay, well then that's what we're going to do. She, she does it. <laughs> um, I really have so, a lot of admiration for her. Yeah, she she was great when I spoke to her. Um, so so on set of ET, you know, the, there's a, a large proportion of the cast are kids. Um, were, were you little rascals on set? Did uh, you get? Was some, there any shenanigans? Somewhat. We got into somewhat. <laughs> on, on, we were. It was it was funny because we we had school. So whenever we weren't on the set, we were in like a classroom. But it wasn't real school. It was like uh that it was like we would bring homework from our real school to the classroom mm-hmm. and and the teacher we had was great this woman named adria and and, and anyway so so we would bring our own work but there was wildly different ages because yeah it wasn't just uh it wasn't just the three of us it was also the three kids that play our friends uh which casey martell and T- tommy howell and um and sean fry and so we all had school with them as well. Plus there were kids that were our doubles. Um, right. Like Drew, Henry and I each had body doubles, not, right. not for stunts, but for like just setting up the lighting and everything. Yeah. And then also at the same time as when we were filming uh, or sort of right after filming, we were in school with the kids from Poltergeist. Um, right. Who, Cause they were doing pre post-production. We were doing right. post-production at the same time as them. So we had school with them, which it was funny because Drew and um, Heather, Heather Lock or Heather um, O'Rourke uh, was a little girl in Poltergeist. And they couldn't have been more opposite because right. Heather O'Rourke was just this beautiful little China doll, just calm, perfectly calm and, you know, centered. And she was just so serene. And Drew was not serene. Drew was like a, <laughs> this bundle of you know, personality and energy and seeing the two of them together was just funny because they just were like opposites. And was, and was there any practical jokes? Cause I think I read Steven Spielberg was a bit of a joker. He, he was, I, I can't remember any specific one. Like, uh, I know for Halloween, he did show up dressed like as a bag lady. He, he was dressed the way that ET that Gertie dresses up ET and all that get up. <laughs> Uh, uh, and he just showed up and filmed the entire day just like that. Um, it was either the Halloween day or the day before Halloween or something, but it was like kind of the Halloween spirit. It wasn't the scene in, in the film that's on Halloween. Um, yeah, but, it, it, but it, it was kind of like, it was always kind of a loose mood. The, the, the crew and the cast and the, you know, the production crew, uh, Steven, Kathy Kennedy was very young. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank Marshall, uh, yeah. her husband, uh, he, he was one of the co-producers and he was very young and yeah. he's a fun, he's a fun guy. Like he, he was, he was him and Steven had a, a lo- long ongoing battle, uh, of missile command. They had a full size missile command video game in their right. office. And I don't know how <laughs> any work got done because they were constantly playing 
And it got so bad that Stephen, they had to bring the missile command on location. The last week of filming was up in the Redwoods, the scenes in the forest. Uh-huh. And so they had to bring the missile command <laughs> up there just so that they could keep the, the battle going. <laughs> so it was a very youthful, you know, set. I can't remember any specific pranks. It was. I, mean, I, I, I imagine, um, you know, with, with so many kids on set, you've got to have a, as a director, you've got to have a certain level of um, patience, I, w- I would imagine. And, and and what I'm hearing is Steven Spielberg was okay with you, with you guys. Yeah, he was like a kid himself. That's, that's yeah. the way I always describe it. It's like we always, uh, I, I related to him on like from a sort of a teenage boy level. And, <laughs> you know, I always could relate to him that way. Like he was very enthusiastic. He used to tell me one of the pranks he did. Um, well, we, we talked about Arizona because my grandparents lived in Arizona and I, right. I ended up moving there. But um, but he was he lived briefly in, in Arizona and he was he would go to the movie house there. There was like this old movie house uh, in, in, in downtown Arizona. And he would go see like Creature from the Black Lagoon or like horror movies. But he would bring like a big paper bag filled with like just all this like like fake vomit. Like he'd make up a stew of like fake vomit. And then they would pretend to throw up and he would dump it off the balcony. So that was, that was one so, of the things he told me about doing. Uh, I like Chunk and the Goonies. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a lot of that. And then... And then I know he he liked uh, in Poltergeist. There was there's a scene where the guy's ripping the guy's face off, and he that was his hands um, nice. in the mirror. Uh, and he he I remember he, him telling me something about that. He was very enthusiastic about that. So because <laughs> because the reason I was interested in you know what Steven Spielberg was like with uh, the kids and the cast. Uh, the reason I asked is because on my show a few weeks ago I spoke to Mark Marshall who was Steven Spielberg's assistant at Amblin um, after E.T. Um, okay, I was going to say, I don't know that name. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, was, I'm, I didn't work it, with him after E.T., so I don't know. Yeah, no, it was, it was later on, and, and, and Mark Marshall was um, present at some of the production of The Goonies, and, and Mark told me that Richard Donner, found the kids on the Goonies exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> but Richard Donner was a whole lot older than Stephen. Yeah, that's right. Different that's generation. Right. Yeah. Um, Stephen, I don't, I, I don't know that he ever got exhausted. Everybody else got exhausted before Stephen. He, he seemed to have a lot of energy and, you know, and very, very efficient um, as far as like, knowing what he wanted to do before we showed up. And then, and, you know, we, it, it, ETs were really remarkable because it came in under budget and under time. Yeah. Um, Incredible. You know, and so I only remember one instance where we call them the money guys, the, the, the suits, the mm-hmm. people from the studio, you know, a, a lot of times on a movie set, they sort of come in and they're all around and giving their input and everything. And re- on, on ET, I only remember one time when they were there. So that's how much confidence they had in him wow. where they just like let him go. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the result was what you see. <laughs> yeah. Can, can so, you remember seeing 
ET. I don't want to call it. A, I don't want to call ET a puppet because I know it's a whole lot more than that. But can you remember seeing ET for the first time? Yeah, it's the scene where where they show where I see him for the first time in the in the film, because because Henry had already been working with him for about a week. Henry had done all the stuff where he sees him, finds him in the field, and everything. And mm-hmm. I kept, you know, and Henry and I were pretty close by that point already. And I kept pumping him for information. And he's he's pretty good about not talking, just like with this this other movie he's got coming up. Um, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't spill the beans. Um, so so he he uh, wouldn't tell me he wouldn't tell me what he looked like. He didn't tell me anything about him. Right. And I the only thing I had seen was the, the scene was the scenes we had filmed where E.T. was in the basket. And that really didn't give you much clue as to what the actual working model looked like. Right. Um, so I was like amazed because it just, it was just so incredible. And Carlo Rambaldi who did it was yeah. like, they're opening up a museum next year for him in Rome, Are they? Uh, a, a Carlo Rambaldi museum. Yeah. It's wow. going to open, I think October next year. Nice. And it's a long time coming because he, his work on not just on ET, but aliens Yeah, and, uh, the original alien and, um, the King Kong Dune, guy. Dune. Yeah, it's like it's it's incredible. And so they have like not only do they have the working E.T., but they have like sort of but the, the pre-production where it's like kind of like a skeletal E.T. And it's really yeah. exciting because it's they're, they're you know, it moves all the different um, articulations it could do. Well, I mean, it could it was it had 86 muscles in its face. It could move. So it had like, incredible. you know, it could, it could like raise an eyebrow like Mr. Spock or just a little bit or, you know, <laughs> the eyes always w- were what knocked me out because the eyes had, you know, the pupils would dilate, uh, you know, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I watched ET not that long ago and, and it never fails to amaze me how, how they did that. I mean, it's so intricate and it, everything you, know, if, you see if, it do in the movie, we could see there was nothing CGI. Now every, yeah. everybody's used to sort of CGI, but, we when we were interacting with ET for the most part, it was with the actual working model um, yeah. for our scenes, you know. So it was everything you see it do in the movie. We could see the only thing that was different was the voice, yeah. Which and, uh, uh, was Stephen. Stephen read the all of ET's lines whenever we were filming. Yeah, I mean, it ju- just incredible. And if and if ET didn't work, if 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 that oh, puppet, I can't think of a different word. If that it didn't work then you've you've lost the film haven't you yeah yeah i think it, well yeah i mean it, it, yeah because it's, it's, it's if it's not believable you know if the, you know if the audience has to fall in love with them and yeah. steven and melissa both understood that like and and came at that from you know steven from the visual side and, and melissa from you know her her input was you know if you think about her films it's it's black stallion and the indian in the cupboard and yeah. it's very much her film and the bfg mm-hmm. uh, so and her films are the the sort of the magical wonder aspect yeah. of et came fr- from large part from melissa yeah and you know and so, and then steven of course <laughs> visually he's unmatched you know yeah. but f- among directors and and so you know, so so between the two of them, they made the entire world fall in love with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've never heard anybody have a bad word to say about that movie. Not not one person. I said the same thing today. I I don't know anybody that doesn't love that movie. I've met a few cranky cranky old bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I've met a few that that you know people that it's just not their type of movie. You know, it's like you know. You know, more. I I know know it's a kids. It's a kids film, isn't it? But I mean, there's plenty for adults, and you know, it's it's for all ages, really. It's not just for kids. I've met a few. I've met a few people, but they're kind of the people that are arbitrary about everything. (laughs) So it's like, uh, you know, and I don't. It's okay. That's fine. It's like uh, you know, it's. But most for the most part, I'm very lucky because I'm not in a movie that's that's very polarizing. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's not like there's there's two there's there's the people that absolutely hate it and the people that absolutely love it. For the most part, it, yeah. it's been and nothing but love for the film. Plus, as well, back then there wasn't social media, internet. You know, uh, p- people hating things for hating's sake because it's yeah. trendy, or you know, it's a you can make money from it from making a YouTube video for hating on something like today with Star Wars oh. and. Um, you know, people, know, people are very opinionated now, and it's all amplified by social media. Didn't have that back then. You're right. It's like people get, yeah, people just, people are arbitrary for being, you know, just for the sake of it, just for, you know, <sighs> it's a, it's a very different world. Yeah. But, but luckily, ET is brilliant. So there wouldn't, even if it was brought out when there was social media and things, nobody would have had a bad word to say apart from those. Uh, cranky bastards you mentioned. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because the only um, the only ever sort of review that I, I wasn't sure if it was bad because I didn't exactly know what they were saying, but it was in the Village Voice magazine. It wasn't even the original when the movie came out because everybody loved it when it came out. But then yeah. a few years later, there was something in the Village Voice newspaper about. I don't. It was just so out of left field that you know and. Uh, and and I didn't quite get what they were saying, but it was, it was it was like the the only thing in press that I ever read about it up until was, you know. And then it's funny because people have sort of started to pick it apart and and say, well, you know, wait a minute, this 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 alien comes in and makes the kids sick and then everything. <laughs> but you know what? You don't you don't question it at the time. It's like it's it you really if you see the movie fall in love with et and you know your heart's caught up in it you don't nitpick and pick it apart no no um so so the movie comes out to um you know a a fantastic reception i think i'm not sure about over here but in the usa it was in the cinema for well over a year wasn't it i i think Um, for two years two years wow incredible i mean not you just wouldn't get that now. You just wouldn't get that now. No chance. Because they want to rush it through out on DVD, Blu-ray or whatever. Uh, but incredible achievement. And like I say, it's, a, it's, the, it's the highest grossing movie of the 80s. What was it like for you, Robert, when it came out? You know, you, you must have suddenly been thrust into the limelight, recognisable, people wanting to know you. It was, it was crazy because I went to high school right after the film came out. Like, I... I was working right when it came out. I was doing another movie called I Am the Cheese, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I'm still kicking myself over because when Meatloaf said, hi, I'm Meat, I, I should have said I Am the Cheese, you know, <laughs> I but I didn't. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I don't think of till later. 
Um, <laughs> but I was doing that film in Vermont when it came out. And then so so I wasn't exposed to all the initial, you know, rush of, you know, people waiting around the block to see it and everything. But then when I went back to high school, it was dif- different because everybody, everybody that didn't want to know me before, they sure wanted to know me now. And, was, yeah. you know, um, so there was that. Plus, I was trying to trying to audition and, you know, and do all that while I was ma- staying in school. Um, and I was working mostly in stage in theater right after the film. So if anything, that that was great because it opened me up. To all of a sudden I had a foot in the door for, you know, for any part I wanted to audition for. Yeah. I, I pretty much had a foot in the door so I could yeah. get in. And, and, and so I ended up working quite a bit in theater and television after. Um, but then I, I sort of got discouraged with the auditioning and in my 20s. Yes. And I, I, I moved to Arizona because I just I loved Arizona so much from mm-hmm. visiting my grandparents there and I just got so sort of fed up with the life in Los Angeles and the, the grind of auditioning and yeah. not getting anywhere and doing, you know, you know, coming close on things, but not getting them. And, you yeah. know, so I, I just, I sort of settled down and, you know, moved to Arizona. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, it must be exhausting that, that kind of life audition get turned down you know, like you say, well, close. You get close, and then you've got to start again. And I was doing a lot of driving, and you know, like in Los Angeles, there's a lot of driving involved because yeah. it seems like one audition would be on one side of town, and then another on the other. And so you're you're constantly this every day driving around, going to auditions, and then and pretty soon it seemed like I was auditioning for things I didn't even want to do, but I didn't right. want to piss off my agent. Yeah. You know, so I was like going up for it, but I was like, wow, I hope I don't get this part. And then I'm like, well, what am I doing this for then? <laughs> you know, like what, what am I even, and, and that's another reason I have so much admiration for D is cause she's also doing that. She's not only, she's not only doing the work. I mean, she's in a different level cause she gets offered things now, like mostly, but still, you know, you, you have to work to get work. Absolutely. If the work is not working, the work is actually trying to get the work. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's another reason I just, I have so much admiration because she has so much energy and she's like, you know, never, uh, quit her. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's a remarkable woman. She just keeps going. And, and I mean, you know, since then, AT must have utterly dominated your life in, you know, in, in one form or another. Do you ever do you ever get tired of talking about ET? Do you ever get tired of talking to people like me? No, not uh, no, not really. Because I, it's 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 such a. I mean, I was lucky to have been something that made such an impact on so many people. So I don't, and and I I'm not. I didn't I didn't have so many other things that were. It's like I want to talk about them, but you know. So so it's like I don't mind talking about it at all because I. And and I think I have more clear memories than than Henry or Drew, so I, I'm kind of always yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm always sort of eager to talk about the things that I do remember from from the filming and everything. You know, yeah. I think I have more, and I was around a lot. I was around, you know, every day on the on the set. Yeah. So I don't mind at all, really. 
Um, I went to Florida for the first time last year, Robert. Uh, went to Universal and had a go of the ET ride. Oh wow! I haven't. Um, I've never been on it. Have you not? No. Ah, no. It's brilliant. I, I heard it's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, really good. And ET says your name. Well, I don't huh. know how they do that. I don't know how they do that, but ET says your name when you're coming out of the ride. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it's really quite wonderful, really magical. I uh, went on it with my daughter first. Uh, we loved it. And then we came out because my son was only one at the time, so we couldn't all go on everything. So we come out and I said to my wife, you, you need to come on that with me. Uh, so my, my daughter sat with my son and then me and my wife went on. Oh. And, and it was really, it's quite emotional, you know, when you've grown up with something um, and you get to interact with it in that way. It was, it was quite emotional. But I was going to ask you, have you been on it? But you haven't. <laughs> I'd like to try it sometime. It was funny because when we were in, I was in my 20s and Henry you know, was in his early twenties and we, we did some event at universal when, when they opened the ET ride, uh-huh. not the, it wasn't for the opening of the ET ride, but it was around the time when they opened the ET ride and we were at universal and, you know, we were doing some kind of publicity or something. And they said, well, you know, you have time if you guys want to go on one of the rides and both Henry and I said, yeah, we, we want to go on Jurassic Park because <laughs> it was like a, it was a, a roller coaster. It was like a, a thrill ride. So we both were like so eager. It's, you know, they, I think they expected us to want to go on the ET ride, but we were both like, no, we want to go on the thrill ride. Jurassic so Park. we had the chance. And so then they closed that one. And I just recently took my family to Universal in LA. Yeah. Um, I've been there as well. Yeah. We took the kids there and everything. And, and, so, so we did all the Harry Potter rides and everything, and the, the uh, Simpsons ride was amazing. Yeah, um, which used and, to be but, the Back the Future ride. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I, I, I just thought that was, they just did such a great job with that, but they didn't have the E.T. ride. Uh, I would have taken, you know, because we, took, we took the kids, so I would have taken them on the E.T. ride. But, and then my wife and I were recently in uh, Universal. Well, we didn't go to Universal Studios, but we were in Orlando. Right. But we felt guilty and we, we, we couldn't go without the kids to, yeah. you know, because it was just the two of us. We were doing a convention in Orlando. Right. And it was like we the, the thing stopping us was we couldn't go without the kids. So it was like, yeah. OK, so I guess someday I'll go on it. We'll, we'll, the, the, the stars will align right and we'll, we'll end up in Universal with the kids. Ah, uh, you've got to go. I can't believe you haven't so, been on it. <laughs> I know because we were in Universal and everybody's like, are you going on the ET ride? Are you going on the ET ride? And some guy gave us uh, uh, some. Sorry, some guy gave us the like. I guess you're on bikes on the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like hand grips on the on the bikes. And some guy yeah. came to the convention and gave Henry and I the hand grips from the ride. I don't know if he worked for them. I think maybe he took them. I don't know. Should he have had them? <laughs> uh, exactly. So he gave us those. But you know, um, I, someday I will go on it. But. It just wasn't the timing wasn't right this last time because we 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 didn't have the kids and we couldn't have gone to Universal without the yeah. kids. So what so what's life like for you now, Robert? What 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 are you up to at the minute? Well, I I I live in New York and my yeah. wife and I live here and we have the the uh, together we have four kids. My one mm-hmm. my oldest son lives in Arizona, but the three other kids live here with us, and yeah. so we. Um, I work, I work for the postal service in New Jersey. 
mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Postal Service. So I have yeah. like, and I've had the same job since I worked in Arizona. I lived in, uh, I've had the same job with them since 1995. Wow. Uh, not the exact same job, but the same craft, they call it, like the same field. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've kind of settled into that. And, you know, and then now the, you know, just recently the convention thing has come up where where we're doing the conventions together which i really look forward to yeah um i have another one coming up in dortmund germany german comic-con oh wow in december in cool. i think it's december 7th and 8th in dortmund uh which Excellent. I, i've not I've, I've been to berlin but i but a long time ago so i've never been yeah. to that part of germany um so i'm looking and my wife and i are looking possibly going to amsterdam before the convention starts to spend a few days there amsterdam uh, is good Chris, their christmas time i guess it's sinterklaas which i've never i've never been to amsterdam so i don't know um amsterdam is well it depends what you want to do when you're there but amsterdam can get pretty wild nothing wild we're we're i I mean, as a teenager, you know, may possibly that's <laughs> now I'm just looking forward to the, you know, Stroop waffles. <laughs> that's it. Like I, I've, sl- I've slowed way down. So that's what that's what now we're, we're, we're just going to go and maybe try some some of the restaurants and. Yeah, uh, that's great. You know, Amsterdam's ride great. the right on the canals. Yeah. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I've never I've never been there. And and then and then Germany, too, in wintertime, which the, the Christmas markets and everything. Yeah, that, that I've never been to Germany, and and I've never been well, I've never been to the Christmas markets there, but it, I've heard it's really, really, really great. And, and the photo, is, you see the photos online; it looks stunning. Yeah, it looks it looks gorgeous, and especially where we where we're at in Dortmund, there's a there's a huge Christmas tree. I think it's the biggest Christmas tree in the world. It's not one right. tree; it's like made up of a bunch of different trees. I think. All right. So okay. I'm looking forward to to being there for that. Uh, now, now, uh, Henry is going to be there. Henry Thomas and his oldest daughter lives there in in uh, Germany. All right. So I know he's really looking forward to it. He speaks fluent German, cool. and so you know we'll we'll see. <laughs> Do you have any plans to come over to the UK again, Robert? I hope so. I, I I'm planning. I I mean I'm going to come over just to visit. I'm going to visit my family and everything. Because I have family there in in yeah. Scotland as well as in in uh, London, my yeah. cousins, my other my from my grandma's side, my grandma's from Reading. My grandmother uh, that, was born that's in where, Reading. That's where I live. Oh, really? In Reading, yeah. England? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant Reading, Scotland. No, oh, sorry. no, no, no. She, she's that's... from Reading, England. She's from near London. All right. Um, All right. Sorry. But but she uh, she passed away. But her she still has. So, several of her relatives live there, and I have close cousins. Uh, one of them, uh, one of my cousins, became a theatrical agent in right. in London, Patricia cool. McNaughton, uh, and quite a you know like a. It's funny because I went over there to do a class, a school uh, like a Shakespeare school, uh-huh. and she, my cousin, while I was there, she said, well, "I might actually have an audition for you," and she. She got me in on a um, audition with the BBC to to do a part in a Dennis Potter uh, TV film. Oh so, wow! So I was just there to do a class, 
and then at, and then I ended up getting work that filmed in Italy for like a month and <laughs> uh, for Dennis Potter, who I, I met before he passed away. And um, just an incredible writer, an incredible man. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up doing that was a show called Visitors with the Glennis Barber. Uh, it, was, it was a long, long time ago. It was a TV show, but it was really good. Yeah. So, well, well, Robert, we're, we're, if you, next time you come over and you come to Scotland to see your family and you want to go and see the Falkirk Wheel, I'll I'll definitely drop, come. Drop me a message. I will for sure. And I'll and I'll take you and I'll take you to see the oh, Kelpies. I'll take you to the Kelpies as well. Excellent. The Kelpies, the Kelpies are cool, and I'll I'll show you all the I'll show you all the highlights. That Scotland I, I, has to offer. I wouldn't mind going by a distillery too. I did. That was one of the things I wanted to do when and, we were there, and I didn't get a chance to. I, 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 you know, I thought maybe I'd go and see how that works. I, I uh, can take we, you to some distilleries. Don't worry about that. We did the haunted that. tour. My son and I and my oh, brother. We all went on the haunted tour in um, Greyfriars. Yeah, and, brilliant. And, and all that, and then you know, did the touristy stuff. My wife. I have the most gorgeous pictures of my wife holding an owl that somebody just on the street on the, uh, in, in Edinburgh Brilliant. had an owl. And so we just, I, we had such a great time there. Excellent. Well, so, honestly, drop us a message. I'll, I'll sort you out at, um, the Falkirk wheel. Uh, Robert, thank, thank you so much for talking thank to you. me. That's, that's been so interesting. And, and thank you for taking the time. Thank uh, you very much. I appreciate just, it. Anyway.